It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode. I guess I should say a new and improved edition of the BehindTheSteelCurtain.com flagship podcast. The standard is a standard. I'm Jeff Hartman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And with me, as always, is Lance Williams. And we're going to get to Lance in a second, but I want to kind of break it down for the fans that have been following the show for the last three plus years that Lance and I have been doing this show together. Um, a little bit different. We're, we're venturing not away from blog talk radio we wanted to increase the quality that's something that we've heard a lot of from people on the website people on social media platforms even on our reviews from our itunes account you can follow us on itunes just uh search the standard is the standard in your itunes store and um we decided to venture into youtube live Uh, we're, we're broadcasting live um this is our first go at this so if it's a little rough around the edges we sincerely apologize but we hope that the quality is better to the point that it makes the show better we're only going to get better, just like the Steelers are only going to get better. I hope you all believe that because I think it's true. Um, let's go, Lance. What do you think about this new setup? How are you feeling tonight? And um, I'm ready to talk some Steelers. I don't know about you. I think this setup will work very nice. Listeners, use your imagination. You're hearing Renegade in the background as I talk. <laughs> so just give us some creative license as we get everything situated. It's a great format. The sound quality is much better, and that's the big thing when you're talking about podcast is that the sound needs to be A1 top-notch, and that'll help us expand the show and do different things with the show. As always, we try to bring you the best in sports talk, specifically about your Pittsburgh Steelers. On this particular show, we're going to jump into the injury report going into the big divisional matchup against the Baltimore Ravens. 
We're going to talk about the whole issue with the anthem and everything that went down from Sunday. We're going to talk about the Bears game. We're going to break down the Ravens game, give our predictions. And I have a question that I talked to Jeff about. Now, I toned it down a bit because, <laughs> you know, Jeff was, a, was kind of scared. Not scared, but probably, you know, it was probably right to pull me back a touch in terms of what I wanted to say and what I wanted to talk about. But I want to ask you guys the question, guys and gals, is Ben Roethlisberger, Big Ben, still the guy? I think we all believe that he's a top seven guy, but is he still the guy? Are you still confident? that Ben Roethlisberger is the guy that could put this team on his back and get the Steelers a seventh Lombardi. But, Jeff, break down the injury report for us going into this big divisional matchup against the Baltimore Ravens. All right, so injury report for the Steelers. There was a lot of good news and then some bad news as well. Uh, let's talk about the good news first. Uh, Marcus Gilbert, who missed week three with a hamstring injury, was a full participant in practice on Wednesday, their first reported practice. That's great news. Not that Chris Hubbard didn't do the job, but he's no Marcus Gilbert. Stefan Tuitt, who's missed the last two weeks with that biceps injury, he, everyone thought he might be able to come back last week. He did not. He was a full participant today. Great news. TJ Watt, the rookie, the stud defender, in my opinion, who missed the Chicago Bears game with a groin injury. He, too, was a full participant in practice. Now, limited. Bud Dupree with his shoulder. Jesse James with a shoulder. Didn't list the ankle, so maybe that's some good news that he's getting better. I don't know. Uh, those were limited participation guys. And then did not participate. Le'Veon Bell and Ben Roethlisberger, both for non-injury-related reasons. They're likely getting a day off. Martavis Bryant was sick. Sean Davis, Ramon Foster, and Mike Mitchell, three starters, all did not practice. Sean Davis with the ankle. Ramon Foster with a thumb, Mike Mitchell with a hamstring. When your starting safety tandem is both out, and it's, they're not out necessarily for the game yet, but as of right now, if they're not going to be able to play, that's going to be a problem. Uh, that's your injury report for the Ravens. Not too much. Um, Jalen Hill, cornerback, Benjamin Watson, Brandon Williams, uh, Max Williams did not practice. Brandon Williams is a foot. He missed the game against the Jaguars. That is an injury to watch for the Pittsburgh Steelers as they try to get the ground game going with Le'Veon Bell. So there's your injuries, Lance. Um, the safeties concern me. I I'm glad to see Watt back. I'm glad to see Gilbert. I'm glad to see um, uh, Stefan Tuitt, especially back on the on the practice field Wednesday, full participation. Um, in, in my opinion, if they are full participants on Thursday and Friday, no doubt about it, they're playing. If all of a sudden you see TJ Watt as a limited participant tomorrow or Friday, that's an issue. That means he's not he's not feeling right and he might not play. They need those three players. But those safeties, what do you think about that, Lance? That's that's not good news for Pittsburgh secondary. That's not good at all. I mean, the combination of Golden Wilcox should be very scary for everybody going to do this game. And that's a combination of those two players. Golden Wilcox, you know, it does, it takes away their ability to play dime. And, you know, I think they'll have to be very basic in their coverages. If you start two guys that haven't played together and may not you know, have some issues with gelling with the rest of the unit from an X's and O's standpoint, Golden will know the defense. The issue will be Wilcox. So I think they won't be able to play dime. They'll just be a basic nickel team and, if that's the case, 
And given the Chicago game, it may actually work in their favor if they play less dime as opposed to just being a base and a nickel team. And I'll talk more about that when I give my comments about the defense of performance from the Chicago Bears game. But let's jump into the big news of the week. I don't want to talk about it much because everybody has talked about it, and that's the beauty of having a show on Wednesday. By the time we do our show, some of the topics have been hashed out, and we can concentrate on football. Jeff, explain to the people just what the Steelers were trying to do with this whole thing in Chicago. What, what were they trying to do? And maybe it was a harbinger of things to come that they didn't even execute that correctly. Hey, folks, Dirk Bentley here. If you've seen one of my concerts, you know I'm all about energy. Performing, recording, traveling, being a husband and a father, it's a busy life, and I need to be 100% every day. So when my battery starts running low, I grab a sugar-free, vitamin-packed, five-hour energy shot. It tastes great, and it gets me back to 100% fast. Try it. It could work for your busy life, too. For more information, visit 5hourenergy.com. Hey, folks. Dirk Bentley here. If you've seen one of my concerts, you know I'm all about energy. Performing, recording, traveling, being a husband and a father, it's a busy life, and I need to be 100% every day. So when my battery starts running low, I grab a sugar-free, vitamin-packed, five-hour energy shot. It tastes great, and it gets me back to 100% fast. Try it. It could work for your busy life, too. For more information, visit 5hourenergy.com. I mean, for me, this was just a flat-out fiasco. I think that the genesis of it wasn't bad. I don't think it was bad at all. I thought the genesis of it, uh, the origin... They wanted to just stay out of it. Uh, I think that's ultimately what it was. And the Pittsburgh Steelers, they met Saturday, a team player-only meeting, and Mike Tomlin gave them one rule. I don't care what you do, but you do it all together. And so the Pittsburgh Steelers met. It was late. They said some players had to be woken up, which we're gonna. I'm going to talk about that in a second. Um, and they all sat, sat down and tried to figure out what they wanted to do. Some wanted to kneel, some wanted to stand. Some didn't really have one way or the other what they wanted to do. Nonetheless, they decide that they're just going to sit it out. And so Mike Tomlin tells CBS prior to the game, it's big news. Uh, no one's done this yet. The Ravens were the only prior game at 930 playing in London. They had some players kneeling. Uh, the Jaguars had their owner linking arms with them. The Pittsburgh Steelers... <sighs> I often wonder if Alejandro Villanueva would have stayed in the tunnel with everyone else if this would have been as big a deal as it is. But instead, what reportedly happened, this came from Villanueva as well as Roethlisberger and Hayward, the two captains that spoke to the media on Monday. Villanueva approached team leadership, that's Mike Tomlin and the captains, and said, I'd like to be out there to at least be able to see the flag before the game. And everyone that was a part of the process said, Yes, you got it. You've earned that. You've served three tours in Iraq. Yeah, absolutely. And Ben Roethlisberger said, the captains will be right behind you. The only problem was there were flags coming off the field with a bunch of people from the Bears and their pregame festivities, and Roethlisberger and Hayward were stuck in the the tunnel by the time the anthem started. You might believe that. You might not. They all had the same story, so take that for what it's worth. Anyways... Villanueva is standing out there by himself while the rest of the team's in the tunnel. It looks horrible. He's 
obviously a very passionate man about the United States of America. You don't go overseas and do what he did without having a passion for the country and for the flag that he fought for. And then the team comes out and they lose. They play like garbage. That doesn't help, believe it or not, especially with the fan base. And now they're answering all sorts of questions about it. Uh, and so in my opinion, what was really horrible was when the week that is one of two weeks that is Ravens week in the year, which should be a really big week for fans of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Heck, it's Wednesday, and we're still talking about this anthem stuff. It's kind of driving me nuts. Um, but at the same time, it's, it's a hot topic. It's not just the Steelers. It's the whole National Football League. It's political pundits on Fox News and MSNBC and CNN. They're all talking about it. Um, that's what was supposed to happen. They were supposed to do everything together whatever the reason was it didn't happen the coaching staff was already on the field for the anthem i don't know yeah villanueva said it best he said it was butchered and that is the best way of putting it it was butchered i think like i said the roots of it had good intentions but boy the execution was just pitiful which maybe that would also mirror their play on sunday at soldier field but lance um i'm kind of fed up about talking about it uh, my personal opinions I'll say it. I can see both sides of the coin. I understand why players are kneeling. I don't have a problem with it, really. That's a First Amendment right, you know? Uh, that's what a lot of soldiers are fighting for, is for us to have that freedom to do that. Uh, but at the same time, I understand you respect your country. You honor the flag. That I understand that as well. Um, I kind of keep... This is getting into political ground, and I don't like talking politics, period. It's just not my style. Uh, Lance, I know that you're more open with your political... Uh, thoughts and feelings, and I'm sure you have strong opinions about this. Uh, so by all means, go ahead. Let us know. I want to know what you think about what the Steelers did. And then after that, if you want to chime in about what you think about the entire situation itself, go ahead. In terms of what the Steelers were trying to do, I get it. I'm a little more skeptical than you. Hence, my nickname on the show is not Joy. <laughs> With that being said, it 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 it, it seems very interesting to me that they could not get that portion of it right to go out with Villanueva. And that seems very interesting to me considering Ben Roethlisberger's subsequent comments later in the week. I believe it was yesterday of how he regretted the whole thing and how he wished that the team came out on the sidelines and stood up for the anthem. I'm a little bit disappointed in Ben for saying that. You can feel that. That's fine. That's your right. That's cool. You know, we all feel different things. We come from different perspectives. So that's fine. Verbalizing it is one thing because I think, and I think you would agree with me 100%, is that teams, particularly teams at this level, trying to accomplish what they're trying to do, need to be unified 100%. And it just shows me that, you know, there was some fracturing around the issue, which is fine, but we don't necessarily need to know that. And as a leader of the football team, it's, it's a little disheartening that he comes out publicly and backtracks from it. It's almost like he's trying to put one foot in, one foot out, as if he's trying to protect the Ben Roethlisberger brand. So that's that's my perspective on 
what the Steelers were trying to do in Ben Roethlisberger's response. To Lance, it. Lance, let me let me say one thing about that before you go on. When Roethlisberger backtracked on his comments, and he did that, he was backpedaling as fast as you can. He almost probably tripped and fell over. Um, they met with Art Rooney as a team on Monday, and it pushed back all of the dates of the times that are usually set for player availability and stuff of that nature. Don't think for a second that Art Rooney didn't tell them exactly what to say and how to say it and what they want to focus on. He heard the the vitriol from the fan base. He heard the venom about the flag and all that stuff. And that's why even today, Marquise Pouncey came out and he's saying some of the same stuff. Um, I'm kind of surprised by that. I'm surprised that no one has kind of stood up for what a lot of the players are kneeling for. but. All I'm saying is don't be shocked if Art Rooney, the second who met with the team with the coaching staff, didn't say, you know, look, here's how we're handling this. Whether you believe it or not, I don't care. I pay I, I pay you. This is how you're going to handle it. Go ahead, Lance. Sorry to interrupt. Right. And I agree with you 100% because his public statement essentially said that exact same thing. Yep. In terms of what this whole thing is about, it's about you know, racial injustice and police brutality simply. And if you're going to use a football game to make a statement, and we've all watched games on TV, there isn't any other particular time to do it. I mean, that's simply it. But the larger question, and according to Arthur Motes, is that the botched response that they were trying to have impacted the game and served as a distraction. Now, no I was going to ask you now, so you're saying no doubt, right? And I want to get your thoughts on the offense's performance and give me your game ball, so on and so forth for the offense. So you think it was a distraction? I mean, at the time, I said no. That's ridiculous. But when you go back and think about the game itself, and the players, Roethlisberger, several others. I know Jesse James talked about how the fan reaction was just brutal. I mean, you could hear USA chants uh, throughout the stadium uh, at multiple different times. Roethlisberger talked specifically about players or things that were said. Um, he said, you know, very hurtful things. And that, those were his exact words. Um, sometimes that can linger. And then it can also disrupt your mindset you know you're, you're thinking about football and all of a sudden you're thinking shoot did we just do the right thing is this going to cause us more harm than good like you, know, you start thinking that you start doubting yourself not to mention think about the start of the game for them the offense goes out three and out stinker we're used to that by now then they punt the ball away the defense then takes over they get a three and out eli rogers muffs the punt and it just seems like the the train comes off the tracks what did everyone say? They had to wake guys up, Lance, for this stupid team meeting and the meeting that everyone said unified the team. They had to wake guys up. If you've played any sport, I don't care if it's high school, college, professional, you are a creature of habit, especially a sport like football where you play one game a week. So when you go on the road and you're going to play at one, 12 o'clock central time and you go to bed at a certain time and you're going to wake up and you're going to do this and this and this and this, and then all of a sudden... Uh, someone comes in and says, hey, man, we got to go. We have a team meeting. You have a what? 
And so you got to get up. You have to go to a team meeting where you're talking about some really heavy stuff. This isn't like we're talking about whether we're picking heads or tails in the opening coin toss. You know, we're talking about making a statement. I just think that it had their mindset off. The offense looked off the entire game, and that's not new. And I'm not blaming the offensive output or lack thereof based on this performance, or I should say this decision. I'm gonna. I am thinking though that it did play a role in it. It could small have been role. Small, a small role. role. It could have been just okay. the start of the game. It could have been just the start of the game because maybe they're second guessing themselves. By the second half, later on, it's when they started playing better. Um, I don't know. It was just. I, I feel like something like that could linger, especially with the routine. The routine is the thing that messed me up the most when I heard that. I'm thinking, man, that's got to be tough. You know, if, if a player, uh, even if it's someone like Antonio Brown that wants to get us X amount of hours, or James Harrison, you know, so regimented. Um, not that he played, but you know what I mean. So <laughs> <laughs> often he did play three three plays if you count that. But uh, you asked for my offensive game ball. My first decision is to put a knife into the ball and deflate it and say no one gets a game ball because you guys suck right now. But I'm going to give it to Antonio Brown because the guy's a freak. I'm sorry. Anyone that wants to debate who the best receiver is, it's it's not even a debate in my opinion anymore. It's Antonio Brown. He is the best. Every week, and I've been saying this for a couple seasons now, every single week, man, this guy does something that makes me say, wow, I cannot believe he just did that. Whether it's the the toe-tapping uh, side uh, catch on the sideline against uh, Xavier Rhodes and the Vikings, or I mean, some of the catches that he brings in on a regular basis, and he makes some of these bad Roethlisberger passes, he's making these catches that are behind him um, high. He is tremendous. And it's scary to think, where would they be if Antonio Brown weren't on the team? You know, where would they be? Who, who would they throw the football to? And so some of the offensive woes, I'll go ahead and talk about this now. I personally think that the offense is not, it's not that difficult to fix. It really isn't. If Ben Roethlisberger just stops staring down Antonio Brown on key possessions, on key situations. All take, the time. Exactly. Take what the defense gives you. And freaking read your keys, man. It, it, when the, you said it. We were texting each other. I watched on Game Pass right after you sent me that text about the uh, when he got the sack fumble. My goodness, there's three different options on the side where the blitz is coming from. You're a 14-year veteran. You have to know that. You have to see where it came from. you got to know where to dump the ball off. And if it means a check down to Jesse James for five yards on first down, take the freaking check down to Jesse James for five yards for a first down. It's extremely frustrating because this offense should be almost unstoppable. And if you think you know about what like, that is, Jeff. You know what that is, Jeff. What? That's lazy football on his part. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's that, that's really lazy football, not being disciplined, being really lazy. And it feels like and, and, and I'm speculating here, but it feels like to me he needs to be coached significantly harder. That there's still a lot of room in his game after 14 years that he needs to improve. And part of that is reading the entire field consistently snap by snap because there are many plays where he just won't read the field. He will predetermine throws. And you're watching it on Game Pass, and you're like, wow, he gave up on this play as soon as the ball was snapped. He's not getting off his primary read. And that's just lazy quarterbacking. 
Was there any other thing in particular in the run game that jumped out for you in this game? Uh, you know, it just seemed like for me that they, they, unlike the passing game, I feel like the running game needs a rhythm. You need to get those guys going early. That doesn't mean you come out with Chris Hubbard as your extra tight end and you're running it first down, second down, and you throw on third down. That's not what I'm saying. That's predictability. I'm thinking that they just need to give Le'Veon Bell, say, hey, Le'Veon Bell, pick out four of your favorite running plays that we know are going to be at least three-yard gains every single time in the first quarter. And run those four plays and get them going and get that offensive line getting that push. The offensive line is not getting a good push, not like they were last year. And I don't know what the issue is. Was it because Foster wasn't in? He left early with the thumb injury? Maybe. Was it because Chris Hubbard was in and not Marcus Gilbert? Possibly. But at the same time, you still have Pouncey. You still had Villanueva, and you still had DeCastro. I don't see them pulling as much. Um, but at the same time, Bell's not hitting the hole with the authority that he used to. Now, there were occasions excuse me, against the Bears in week three where he did show that burst, but it just seems like at the second level, they're never getting to that second level. That's what Be- that's what Bell needs. He needs someone to be able to get free, to get to that second level with that inside linebacker, to let him have a one-on-one with a safety or a cornerback, and he'll win that battle more than he won't. It's, it's just, it's all part of the same system, in my opinion. It, the, the, the dysfunction in this offense is palpable. And if they don't start getting it together, you're going to start to see guys kind of turn on one another. Um, and I'm starting to I'm starting to see that on the defensive side of the ball. I'll ask you about James Harrison in a second. But um, I think there's hope in the running game. If they can get Gilbert back, if Foster, even if he has a thumb injury, a lot of times guys will still play. They'll cast it up and, and play. Um, although I think Finney is capable if, if he has to play at guard. Um, I think that Gilbert would be a huge addition. But what did you see? Anything at the run game that popped out? To what you're saying, they aren't getting guys on the second level to scrape linebackers in the running game. And I don't think the wide receivers are blocking as well on the edge in the running game as well, or the tight ends. But I think it goes back to something that you talk about, and I know you're going to talk about on your offensive keys because you say it every single week. Balance. This offense is not committed to the running game. You know, when, you've, when you're only running it as a team probably about 32 to 33% of the time and you're passing 67% of the time and you're only scoring 21 points, you're not committed to the running game. The running game is an afterthought. This offense is still trying to live off of Ben Roethlisberger. And I think as good as A.B. is, this engine is Le'Veon Bell. This is Le'Veon Bell's offense. And the way that the offense looked towards the second half of the season last year in the playoffs is how this offense should roll. Where Ben Roethlisberger, I think, and I'm going to save some of this, should be a secondary piece for our, our, our talk on it later. But I just don't think there's the commitment to running. And like anything that you do, whether it be typing or whatever, if it's programming code or if it's shooting a jump shot or if it's jumping rope, unless you're Steph Curry who can make 10 threes in a game if he hasn't shot in a year, you can't run the ball if you don't run the ball. You know, they're going up against professionals that can stop the run and are geared to stop it. 
You just can't turn on the switch and say, we're going to run. You've got to run. You've got to be committed to it. You've got to allow your offensive linemen to work into a rhythm in that game to build a lather because it's all evolving and changing. You know, they may be used to Le'Veon running the counterplay a certain way from practice, but in this particular game, maybe he's hitting the hole a touch faster, maybe a touch slower. Maybe he's reading it a little bit different this game. And you've got to develop that rhythm in game to make that play work. And if you don't run it, it's not going to work. But I think you're right. You know, they've got to get more out of this offense. And who would have thought that this defense is carrying this football team at this point? Well, before we go to the defensive side, the one thing that really bothers me, and I want to go back and actually do this and look at it, I might actually write an article about it for the website, is how bad this team is in their first drive. Now, you think back to last year, even 2015. I'll give you the perfect example was the game in Pittsburgh last year against the Cincinnati Bengals. I think it was last year. It might have been 2015. The Pittsburgh Steelers get the opening kickoff for their first possession. They drive right down the field. It's an easy touchdown. Bing, bang, boom, done. And everyone thinking, everyone's thinking, oh, my gosh, it's a blowout. They're going to take this team to task. It's over. And then, because they just ran their script, the wheels start to fall off as the defense gets more comfortable. They kind of get a feel for what Roethlisberger is doing. Um, this team on their first drive sucks. I mean, they're horrible. I don't know how many times they've gone out. They did in Chicago. Pretty sure they did it in Minnesota. Maybe they got one first down, and I know they went three and out in Cleveland. Their first time touching the football. This is the time where you'd get out the script. Okay, now if you watched... I, I hate saying this, but Tony Romo is amazing. As a, I love the guy as a commentator. If you haven't heard a game of his, uh, you should try to catch whatever national game. He might be doing the, the Ravens-Steelers next week. I don't know. He was talking about the Bengals and Packers. He did that game last week. And he, he was talking, I mean, if you watch that game, my gosh, the Bengals came out like gangbusters. And all of a sudden, everyone the, the, <laughs> it's hysterical because the, the Packers are on the ropes at home. And you're thinking, what the heck's going on? Uh, the Bengals hadn't scored a touchdown, and all of a sudden they're, they're just running them up. And what does Tony Roma say? The 20-play to- the script is done. Now I think the Packers are going to be able to settle in and kind of get a feel for what Andy Dalton's going to do. And what happened? Right after that, they started to slow down. And so these teams have these scripts. And Lance, I know you're familiar with these. What in the world is going on that Pittsburgh's script is that bad? I mean, they haven't got. They didn't even get a. They didn't even get a first down against Chicago. You, that means all the tape that you studied, all the stuff that you prepared, the meetings, everything. The whole offense is put down. Okay, guys, here's our ten play script for this first drive. And what do you do? You go out and get a three and out. Give me a break. That tells me it's the coaching from Todd Haley down to the execution of the players and any of the input the players are giving them. I'm going to say it right now. If this offense doesn't start turning it around, I would not be stunned if Todd Haley gets canned. Just going to say it right now. Because this is unlike any other team that's that Todd Haley has coached. The, all the pieces are there, Lance. Every single one of them. There's no excuses. Martavis Bryant's there. Le'Veon Bell's not hurt. 
Antonio Brown is Antonio Brown, and Ben Roethlisberger is supposed to be in the prime of his career in the offensive line. My goodness, what else do you need? If they don't start turning, I've just got a feeling that Art Rooney is not Dan and that he's not going to be as loyal to a coach like Todd Haley if they don't start getting results. So I'm just going to say it. Their script sucks. The offense sucks. I think there's hope. <laughs> but I, hey, would you, would you agree with me? That this guy could get canned if, if he doesn't start turning things around? I'm going to say that if he doesn't start turning things around, you might see behind the scenes. It may not be visible, but you might see Mike Tomlin and some of the other offensive coaches starting to put their hands on the process. So I guess what you're saying is neither one of these guys are Oscar-winning playwrights. But on oh. the defensive side of the football, my key from last week if you listen to the program, you know I give you my rhyme, my Nipsey Russell rhyme that I use to give a theme to what I think should happen on the defensive side of football. And it was simply, if you want to keep the undefeated season going, stop the law firm of Howard and Cohen. Well, they did a poor job at that. Howard averaged six yards per carry and Cohen 6.5 yards per carry. Here were some things in the game that stood out to me. And like Jeff, there are no game balls in this game. Poor tackling, especially by cornerbacks, and Anthony Chiquillo's inability to set the edge. Poor discipline on the cutback. Poor run fits. Poor gap integrity. Lack of physicality on a coaching side. I thought it was far too much dime defense being played against a very bad passing offense. There's no need to play dime because you're light tackle and you can get physically dominated because you're playing with a light box, meaning you have a light player, just a linebacker in there. I thought they could have done better by playing more base and more nickel. And if you're going to play nickel, you could play a 4-2-5. So you have bigger players on the field to handle the run game. Also, no James Harrison. You see Chiquillo getting absolutely destroyed on the edge. Play James Harrison, more snaps. Now, I think this is an anomaly. And I'm going to tell you why I think this is an anomaly. They had this type of performance last year against Miami, and they better get the running game tuned up for this Raven game, but particularly for the Jacksonville game coming after that. They better get it tuned up for that game because Leonard Fournette is a grown man, and Leonard Fournette will be physically the best running back I think they see this year. You know, Cohen is a freak. He's a human joystick. Howard is solid. But physically, and the way he runs and the way he attacks it, Fournette's the best. But I think I'm okay. The performance was disappointing, but I think the defense is trending for the following. It's top five in third down defense. They're getting teams off the field. Teams are only converting 33% of their third downs. They're second in the National Football Leagues in sacks with 11. And the coverage has been solid. They've only... They're third in the National Football League in yards allowed in passing. Those are three really good stats. One alarming stat, however, is they suck in the red zone. 
teams have converted six of eight red zone chances. They have to get that better. But I think when you get Watt back and you get to it back, a lot of the issues that we saw in this game will be corrected by the return of personnel. And gap integrity and some of that stuff you can fix. But the one thing on this defense that they're going to actually really have to fix, and my gauge is going to be Ryan Shazier, it's just missed tackles. I mean, they missed 23 tackles in this game. So I want to see if they really concentrate on getting guys to the ground as opposed to trying to make these I'm not going to wrap spectacular type tackles. Just get guys to the ground. I believe Ryan Shazier missed seven tackles himself. So I think some of this stuff can get fixed and it's trending in the right direction. I thought this was going to be their mulligan game in the running game like they had last year. Well, you know what? Uh, defensively, the, the tackling was the horrible part. And I, I want to get – we can talk a little bit about it. A lot of fans are upset, myself included, about the uh, the holding calls on that last overtime drive, which oh, was just that, atrocious. Oh, oh, oh. I saw that you're – I saw you just change your Twitter uh, – you took a picture of the hold on. I think it was Joe Hayden, and that's now your Twitter banner. So kudos to you on that. Um, but the one thing I want to ask you about, because this is kind of interesting to me, is that – I don't know if you saw this or not. It was actually this afternoon. James Harrison, we all know he's very, very active on social media. He posted a picture on his Instagram page, and he also sent it to his Twitter account saying, getting practice at what I do at the games and what it was. And he had the crying, laughing emojis afterwards. It was a picture of him sitting down at practice. Now, some people might just say, well, that's just James Harrison being funny. I don't know how long you've watched the Steelers, but James Harrison is not the ha-ha kind of guy. Maybe with his teammates, but certainly not with the media and fans. I think this is kind of a maybe a shot off the bow, so to speak, at the coaching staff saying, look, you guys are getting gashed in the run, and you don't put me in. And that's one of the things that he's really good at is setting the edge because he's so small, built-in leverage, and he's obviously as strong as all get-out. I just... I saw that. I was like, "Oof!" I think that's a little bit more loaded than people might think. Uh, I don't. I'm sure you haven't seen it, Lance. But um, what do you think of, of of that message? Was it a message, or was it just James Harrison being uh, Instagram James Harrison? And that was about as subtle as me punching you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> There's no subtlety about that. You know what people do when they send people messages is they try to hide their intent with an emoji. When you put an LOL on the end of any message you send, it's almost like 50-50. Is he being serious? Or is he really <laughs> not being serious? Because the LOL is used to deflect to try to create some false sense of, oh, I'm just joking. He's pissed. He's a competitor. He's one of the all-time great Steeler defenders. He's made some of the biggest plays in Steeler history. He does not want to sit on a hat and not play. And given the amount of preparation it takes for him to get ready at 39, he wants the ball. He wants to win. 
He wants another ring. He doesn't want to just sit. And he also knows that still, he's still probably the best outside linebacker on their football team. Now, if you were to ask the coaches, they would probably say they were concerned about putting him in because, you know, if you put Tariq, you know, Cohen, uh, if you roll him out on a route in the flat against James Harrison, he's still running. So that, that matchup of getting Cohen in the flats against him was problematic. But it wasn't as problematic as them tuning you up to over 200 yards of rushing. So, you know, some of the coaching decisions in that game were weird. Some of the stuff that Butler was doing was weird. It was just a bad game throughout. Both sides of the football, coaching staff, everybody. It was a very poor performance by the Steelers, and they got beat. Yes, they did. Very embarrassing fashion as well. Um, defensively, I, I think we touched on, touched on everything. Uh, well, I think this is a good time in the show, Lance, for me to talk about our sponsor. Kind of depressed now. Anyways, um, the show's <laughs> sponsored by Frank Walker Law, the top criminal defense firm to call in Western Pennsylvania and Northern West Virginia, home to one of the nation's top 100-ranked trial attorneys in Frank Walker. For his Pennsylvania office, call 412-212-3878 or visit his website at frankwalkerlaw.com. Real talk, real experience, real results. Frank Walker. What else you got on the docket for us tonight, Lance? I want to jump into the breakdown of this Ravens game. Okay. Jeff, give me your breakdown on the offensive side of the football. What are the keys for the Steelers in trying to get this offense jump-started as they go on the road and play a very tough defense, although they got lit up by Jacksonville in the Baltimore Ravens? What's Uh, What's your keys in this game? For me, uh, if I'm Todd Haley, uh, I walk into the team meeting room and I say, guys, I want you to take everything that we've written down, any notes you have from the first three weeks, and literally we're going to put them in this trash can and we're going to light it on fire. We're starting over because they have to start over. Because if they put that, what they've done the last three weeks, especially in week three on the field against Baltimore, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be real ugly because if there's a team that knows how to beat Pittsburgh and knows how to make them one dimensional, it's the Baltimore Ravens. If there's a team that knows how to neutralize Antonio Brown, it's the Baltimore Ravens. And so if I'm Todd Haley, I'm saying to the group and mainly Ben Roethlisberger, this game's on you. I'm saying maybe hell, maybe I might say that to Ben. This game is on you. Either we're going to win this game because you played great or we're going to lose this game because you had another turd on the road like you did against uh, the Bears. So what do you do? The Steelers have to be very creative with how they attack the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens secondary is good. They're ball hawks. Uh, They're much improved from last year, and they're actually remotely healthy. That's one of the few positions that is still remotely healthy for the Ravens. Um, They need to be smart. I don't want to see a lot of empty sets unless it's a very unique situation. What I would love to see is for them to return back to the bunch formation. And this is something that Heinz Ward, when he played for the Steelers, my goodness, they ran this bunch so many times. They would put Santonio, Heinz Ward, and then they would throw in someone like Nate Washington or maybe even Cedric Wilson in that bunch off the the, uh, tackle with a tight end typically on the other side, or sometimes it was just an empty set on the left side or right side with a back in the backfield, and it gave them the option to run or pass. So I think they need to revert back to some of those run-pass option looks 
You can't have an empty set all the time. It's going to make it too predictable. Um, I think that if I'm the Steelers, and I'm not going to, this isn't really a numbers one, two, three, here's the keys to success. It's kind of me rambling, but on the, ultimately, I'm also saying we're going to go no huddle. You're going to get the Ravens in a situation where they have their heavy defenders on the field and we're going to abuse them through the air. And if they have if they have their lights out there, meaning they don't have their, their run-heavy guys on the field, we're going to run it down your throat. Again, it comes down to you have to have the run-pass options on almost every single play if you want to succeed. And so I look at this game, and I see this as a great measuring stick for the Steelers. They've played good defenses all week, uh, all three weeks. And the Browns are no joke. I mean, they're not the best of the best, but week one is a, tough, is a decent task, test for them. Uh, the, the Minnesota Vikings are a good defense, and the Chicago Bears proved to, to be capable of victory, I guess. is everyone, That's what you say. The Ravens are a, a step up, in my opinion. So I'm waiting for the Steelers' offense to break out. I know it's going to happen. It typically happens against Kansas City for whatever reason, but it, 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 they don't play them for another three weeks so or two weeks, I think. It's going to have to happen. You want to send a message. You send it in this game Sunday. This is maybe the biggest week four game that you can have when you think about a week four game. You know, um, I think that this team is due... And it's going to come down to Roethlisberger. Like I said, if I were Todd Haley, it's going to come down to Big Ben. If he can make the throws, if he can make the reads, if he takes what the defense gives him, and then the offensive play calling is smart, and they have the option to check at the line of scrimmage, I think this offense can actually move the ball. The Jaguars did it, and they have Blake Bortles. The Steelers should be able to do it because they have Ben Roethlisberger. So I know that wasn't the, the usual standard is a standard keys to success, but for me... I think that's what they have to do. Go no huddle. Put it on Big Ben's shoulders, and let's see what this guy still has left. Everyone's talking about it. Lance, you brought it up. I'm sure we're going to still talk about it today's show. Let's see what you have going, and uh, put it out there. Put it all on the line, and let's hope you leave 3-1 and one, uh, with sole possession of the first place. What do you think, Lance? I really agree with your point about running tempo, and this goes back to what you were talking about in terms of the scripting. and An example of a game where they script did the really good script to start the game was last year's game on Christmas when they scored the touchdown the first drive. They came out, bang, 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 really had a plan. Grimble gets the post route, touchdown, or the seam route, touchdown 7-0, and then they kind of struggle as they got off script. They are going to run tempo because they went back to tempo in the second half of the game when they got down, and the game completely changed. They went up tempo. They got hot. Le'Veon scores a couple of times. A.B., the immaculate extension. They win a division title. So you're going to see tempo. Where I think this offense is struggling is on first down. I think they're averaging maybe less than three and a half yards on first down. Maybe about 3.2, 3.1, somewhere around there, which puts them in the lower third of the football league, of National Football League. They have to in my opinion, bring back the screen game and bring back the short passing game. I'd like to see some bubble screen stuff, some get it out of your hands quick, particularly on first down as you spread Baltimore out to try to get four and a half to five yards on first down to put them in some situations where they can more easily convert third down. Because right now, 
They are a horrible third down conversion offense. So I think the key is trying to get yourself set up into some better second and mids and to at times try to get out of third downs period where you're not running two plays to get to third down. You're on first down or second down. You're getting a first down. So I think they can loosen the Ravens up with tempo and a lot of spread looks. So I, I like where you're going, Jeff, now in football. I'm going to give you my rhyme for this week. And it's simple. If you want to get to three and one, you must stop the run. What happens every time and every week in the NFL? You know what I'm going to say, Jeff. When a team sees that you can't run it, what are you going to get the next week? You are going to get a heavy dose of Tariq West, or excuse me, of West and Collins. I think Collins is the best back. But you're going to get a heavy dose of the Raven run game. But the good thing for the Steelers, the Ravens don't run the ball well. The good thing for the Steelers is the Ravens don't do anything on offense particularly well. This is a game in which the Steeler defense will have a good handle on the Ravens. You have Macklin, you have Wallace. The Steelers know who they have there, and Wallace is a vertical threat. This is a game in which I think the Steelers, particularly with Watt and Tewitt coming back, where they can handle the Ravens' running game with seven. If you can do that, you can play two deep safeties to really limit what Flacco wants to do, and that's throw the ball vertically. But all of that has to be supported by pressure and by tackling. And with Yonder being out for the year, I think they can really get after the Ravens' running game. But the Ravens played about the worst game that you could play in London that we're going to see this year by any team in the National Football League. And because it's Steeler Week, they're going to be firing on all cylinders. But this is an offense that can be dominated by a quality defense. And I think the Steelers are a quality defense. And Joe Hayden, I was critical of Joe Hayden in the first week, but Joe Hayden is looking frisky. He's looking healthy. He's looking like he can run. And if they can limit the vertical shots and be able to play that running game with seven and put Flacco into some third and long situations where he has to make plays, I think they will be okay. I'm not concerned about this defense at all in this particular game Sunday. But it's brass tax time, Jeff. What's your prediction? Uh, you want me to go first or you want to go? I want you to go first, Joy. What's your absolutely, prediction? Absolutely. absolutely. Well, like I said, I, I'm waiting for the Steelers' offense to break out. I feel like they're close. Um and people might laugh at that. I do feel like they're close. They just had to figure it out. They had to figure out how to play together. You mentioned it a couple shows ago. I mean, the Killer Bees, if we still want to call them that, have only played together, like, I don't know, 16 games when everyone's on the field. That's not a lot of time. And they got to figure things out. And you're ending the first quarter of the season. You've got to, got to find it. And I think they're going to find it at least enough to win the game. I think it's going to be ugly. 
I think the defenses are going to kind of dominate this game. I don't expect a high-scoring affair. I expect it to be within seven points, as always. I'm going to take the Steelers 20, the Baltimore Ravens 17. Pittsburgh leaves M&T Bank Stadium with their first win since 2012. And the last time that they beat the Ravens there, Charlie Batch was the quarterback. And we all remember that incredible game. Yeah, Charlie Batch. So I have the Steelers winning. I like the defense against their offense, like you said, especially without Yonda. Yonda did so much for that offense in terms of pass protection and that zone blocking scheme that they like to run. Without him, it's just not the same, period. It's just not. So um, I like the Steelers in this game. Call me joy. Call me a homer, whatever you want. I just think that the Steelers are going to eventually rectify some of these issues. I could be wrong. I was wrong last week. We were all wrong last week. But, uh, at the same time, I just I got a gut feeling, man. I got a gut feeling that this team is due. In Baltimore, they're due. Big time. What do you think? Hey, sports fans. Football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. You feel like Chuck Brown. You feel like the Steelers' offense is getting ready to bust loose. You feel like busting loose. Yeah. Busting loose. Like the offense (laughs) is going to bust loose. Sorry. I'll be the opposite of joy. I'll be pain. And it's (laughs) painful right now to watch that offense. It looks... Very unorganized. It does not look well-coordinated. The offensive line is struggling in the run game, and the quarterback looks very uneven in how he is playing football. With that being said, however, the Ravens' offense is even worse. It, it, It is a punchless offense. They don't do anything particularly well, and the quarterback is actually a lot worse than Ben Roethlisberger and is playing some of the worst football of a guy that is supposed to be an elite guy. He can't move, man. He's got a hurt back. He's got like a herniated disc. I don't even know why he's even playing. He's an idiot. Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) With that being said, (laughs) I love the score that you put out there, Jeff. 20 to 17. Because right now, I wouldn't bet that the Steelers could get you four touchdowns if they wanted to. So I like to score 2017, but this is the first time when we are going to differ this year. (laughs) I think they will lose a very tough game, 20 to 17. There'll be a turnover on the offense or a turnover somewhere 
in this game, which will give the Ravens short field. The defense will play its heart out, and they will lose late in this game, 20-17. to 17. I just don't trust this offense. I don't trust where it's being coordinated and, and how it's being coordinated and how it's being coached. And that leads me to the question. Big Ben still the guy. Is he the guy that you're confident in that can get this team to a seventh Lombardi? Because I don't think so, Jeff. I, I, I don't think so. And I was thinking about Ben and Haley. And this is what came to my mind, simply. That if you gave Ben and Haley Kobe beef or Wagyu beef, somehow they would figure out how to make hamburger helper. (laughs) You could give them the best ingredients in the world and somehow it would taste like spaghetti made from ragu. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I just think to myself, I watch a lot of games, and I go back to the gold standard, hell, the platinum standard of quarterbacking, TB12. You give TB12 these weapons, they might score 45 points a game. You think I'm being kidding? You think I'm joking, listeners? Give Tom Brady A.B. Give Tom Brady Martavis Bryant. Juju, Eli, that offensive line, and Le'Veon Bell. Man, come on. That would be criminal. This quarterback is too inconsistent on the road. He's too inconsistent in the red zone. And he's inconsistent on third down. I don't think this guy is the guy, particularly how they're playing the offense now, and throwing it close to 40 times a game, that it's the right approach and that this is the guy that can do that. Again, this is a Le'Veon Bell team. They go as well as Le'Veon goes. And if Le'Veon isn't rolling, I'm sorry. This guy is no longer the guy. What do you think, Jeff? Um, I'm going to agree and disagree uh, with some of the things you're saying. I don't think that Ben Roethlisberger is capable of winning it by himself anymore. Uh, there was a time, heck, 2009, he did it. Um, horrible offensive line. He had some weapons. Heinz Ward, but he got injured down the stretch in the playoffs. Um, he had guys like Nate Watch. Antonio Holmes is a good receiver. I'm not taking anything away from him. And he had Heath Miller. But it's nothing like he has now. And Roethlisberger kind of put him on his, put that team on his shoulders and, and won games for them. It, that was the time when Ben Roethlisberger got the ball in the fourth quarter. And if they were down by a score... You knew the comeback was coming, and it was. Just let me pause you, thing. Jeff. Let, let, let me pause yeah. you, Jeff. Let me pause you, Jeff. To to what you just said, you didn't think that they were going to score a touchdown after the Wilcox interception, and they get the ball in twenty-one. You were iffy. Hell no, they could, were, they couldn't even get a first down the first series of the game. No, I, not gonna I get know you touchdown. were iffy. You were like, hmm, <laughs> I think they're going to kick a field goal. Yeah, no, I knew that. It, it, they're too inconsistent, but at the same time. This team, if if like you said, I agree with you, and I said this to you via text uh, earlier this week, Le'Veon Bell is the straw that stirs the drink for the Steelers. And that doesn't mean they can win without Ben. If Ben Roethlisberger goes down, the season's done, period. 
Agreed. But Agreed. at the same time, he needs to fit into his role, and his role isn't the man anymore. His role is make the plays that are presented to you. Look at what Brett Favre did in the twilight of his career when he was with the Vikings. What did they do? Adrian Peterson was a monster. They ran that guy till the wheels almost fell off, and then Brett Favre made the throws that he could make when it mattered the most. And I know they never won a Super Bowl, and they never got to a Super Bowl, but they were very successful, and I think that's a recipe that the Steelers could almost use. Those two teams are very similar when you think about it with Percy Harvin and some of the skill players that they had and with a running back like Adrian Peterson. So I think that Ben Roethlisberger is still a very good quarterback. I think he can improve in a lot of ways that can help out some of the things that we talked about. Like you were saying, Lance, Tim, to what does Tom Brady do better than anybody else? He reads the defense and knows exactly where to go with the football. What was it that we said earlier today that Ben Roethlisberger's not doing well? Reading the defense and knowing where to go with the football. If he just does those things, his numbers will improve, his completion percentage will improve, and the offense will improve, and it'll probably open up holes for Le'Veon Bell as well. So there you have it. But you know what, Lance? I have a question for you. Can I start calling you Clubber Lang? Because <laughs> when I asked you your prediction, you said pain, like Clubber Lang said <laughs> infamously in Philadelphia in front of Rocky Balboa. You want to be hey. with a real man? You want to be with a real man? Come here, woman. <laughs> yeah, this offense is pain. This offense is pain. It's painful to watch. <laughs> it's painful to watch them go out there and you have no idea what they're trying to do. What is the purpose of it? It just feels really scattershot. Uh, but, Jeff, before we get out of here, right. we, we got queued up for the listeners this week in terms of breaking down this huge divisional game this season. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, uh, Thursdays after every show, uh, Thursdays have turned into our um, film room day on, on the website where we at least have two film room articles. I uh, got some good stat work coming up for you guys. Uh, make sure you check that out. Uh, and lastly, I, I just think that I want everyone to know because we started the show off with the National Anthem Protest. I said this on Twitter, um, on our Twitter feed. And if you don't follow it, it's at BT Steel Curtain. Um, Yesterday, or I should say Wednesday, whenever you're listening to this, was the last day I'm going to run a story on the National Anthem stuff. Unless it's breaking news, it's done. This is Ravens week, people. We're talking about the Baltimore Ravens. We're talking about in Baltimore, M&T Bank Stadium, Pittsburgh Steelers. It doesn't get better than this. It's time to focus on football, and that's what we're going to do. So, Lance, go ahead and send us off. I think you said it best, Jeff. It's Raven week. Steelers have a big divisional game. And I sound a little bit down on them. I'm sure you guys are going to take that from my comments. And you should, because I am a little bit down on them right now. But there's a lot of football left. This will get better. It will improve. But to Jeff's point, Ben has to just do his job. Ooh, Read the field. Some Chuck Noll stuff coming out there, yeah. Just do, just do his job. Read the field. Take what's there. Stop locking onto A.B., and showing a distrust of other guys. Maybe they don't throw it vertically almost on every route that Martavis Bryant runs. Yeah. Just getting down to the P's and the Q's and just executing and playing some solid football. I'm not All picking right. them to win this week, but even if they don't, I think the division is weak. The division is inconsistent. It's just disappointing that they did not take the advantage to have an absolute stranglehold on the division after four games. I think this is a playoff team. I think this is a team that can compete for a Super Bowl. But this offense 
has to get jump started and move in the right direction. And let's be honest, Lance, the division is not the talking point. Home field advantage is the talking point. And you had exactly. a chance, you had a chance to go one game up on New England and Chicago and you fumbled the football literally and figuratively away. And so you can't lose a game like this against Baltimore. Baltimore's reeling. They're probably jet lagged. They did not take the bye. They chose not to. I think Pittsburgh should kind of look at that as a slap in the face. Yeah, we don't need a bye. Let's play Pittsburgh the week after going to London. Going to Baltimore kick some ass and then we'll talk about how you're going to do the same to the Jaguars when they come into Heinz Field in week five. But you know what? That's it for us. I'm Jeff Harbin, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for Clubber Lang uh, or Lance Williams. We'll see you. We'll talk to you all next Wednesday on The Standard is the Standard. Thanks for listening. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Oh, what a great audience. Let's dim the lights for this next one. Nope, too much. Ah, there it is. Got to get things just right. Like Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Tell us what you want to pay, and we help you find coverage options that fit your budget. And now, the mood is right. Wait, the lights are back on again. Trudy, can you? And now it's completely dark. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, everybody. It's Neil Patel, editor-in-chief of The Verge. I host a podcast every week called The Verge Cast. My friends Paul Miller and Dieter Bone. We've got a rotating cast of characters from our entire site, which is about technology, how it impacts culture, and how that is all a big cycle that causes us to have a wide variety of feelings that you can listen to every Friday. We've done over 300 episodes in the six years since The Verge has been around, but you only need to listen to one, the latest one, to get caught up on everything in tech news. Vergecast is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere else. To listen to podcasts, check it out. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, 
even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.